Hey, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 234 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and joining me today is our lovely director of new business, Leanne DeMaley. Hello. Thanks for having me back. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It's always a good day to be recording. It's great when uh, when you join us and share all your quips and pieces of wisdom that you have stored up in there. Oh, that's so nice of you. Well, I just got back from Atlanta, so you're going to hear I'm full of it right now. Yeah, I've always said that you're full of it. And, and it's actually, that's the whole reason for this podcast is you just got back from a pretty awesome trip to the Hunter Hotelier Conference, right? Yes, the Hotel Investors Conference. So I'll be able to tell all of our listeners everything they need to know about what fine financiers think about the hotel industry for 2023. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting conference in that it's really not... I don't want to say a hotel conference, but it's more of, like you said, an investor conference conference mm-hmm. where hoteliers can go to find the funds that they need to do the things that they want and the people who have the money to, to help them. Hmm. Not, I don't want to have a spoiler, but ordinarily you'd be correct. Oh, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we're going to find out. We're going to do a little Q&A and I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. interview you and learn all about the Hunter Hotelier okay. Conference. But before we do that, we've got some housekeeping to take care of. First of all, if people want to follow along, there's a lot of great notes for the podcast. And you can find those at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And just click on episode 234 with all the information you need. And if you want to follow along with us and catch up with us on LinkedIn and whatnot, you can always go to linkedin.com slash travelboommarketing. And you'll find us there with all of our latest posts and good little insights to hopefully help you become a better hotelier. Well, Leanne, now that we've got a little bit of the housekeeping out of the way, there's one thing left to do. You know what that is? Are you going to be singing? With hotel marketing, they cannot lose, because now it's time for your news or ruse. Woo! I, don't know. I, I hate that one. That was not my favorite. I kind of phase shifted between like game show and to cartoon. I wasn't quite sure where I was going. <laughs> I like that. the uh, ruse. It reminded me of the old, what were those, those uh, pajamas that the kids used to wear? They weren't kangaroos, but they were something roos. I don't know. I know about dunkaroos. Did you ever have Superman pajamas growing up? I never had Superman. My brother had Superman. I think I had Spider-Man. You had Spider-Man? Yeah. They were called something roos. It wasn't kangaroos and it wasn't dungaroos, but it was something like that. I don't know. I think I I always wore newsaroos. I had like newspaper. It was made made newspaper because we were poor. Uh, All right. I digress. Yes. We got two news items today and they're pretty much, they're very similar to each other. So the first one comes to us from Travel Weekly and it came out, uh, we're recording this on the 30th. It came out on the 29th and the headline is Junk Fees Prevention Act Introduced. I'll read kind of the first little section verbatim. It says two U.S. senators have introduced the Junk Fee Protection Act following the Biden administration's pledge to crack down on excessive hidden and unnecessary fees across all industries, including hotels and airlines. Mm-hmm. This one's pretty interesting. So you know, it comes to us from uh, obviously out of D.C., but more and more people are getting frustrated with the the fees and the added costs that come after you have figured, think you know what the price is. Mm-hmm. Airbnb and VRBO are, are classic for this. And honestly, a lot of hoteliers really fall victim to the same thing where you say it's a, let's say it's a $200 a night stay. Okay. I think I'm going to be paying $400 for, for this thing, $200 per night, no big deal. And then you mm-hmm. see that there is a resort fee. You see that there is a 
certain tax fee. You see that there's an environmental impact fee. And all of a sudden, what you thought was going to be $400 has $200 in additional fees tacked to it, uh, mm-hmm. 50% more. And I'm not being you know, overly dramatic here. There's a lot of times where you, know, you have 50% of the price of the unit added onto any booking in fees, taxes, and all that kind of fun stuff. And what this is trying to do is get us more toward a European model where the price you see is more or less the inclusive price of literally what's going to be run on your your credit card. Who could you know for by chance who introduced this bill? It's Richard Blumenthal and Sheldon Whitehorse, our house too. I don't uh, know their political affiliation. But uh, I'm not sure if this is going to pass. Yeah, they're uh, they're both Democrats, one out of Connecticut and one out of Rhode Island. Uh, so kind of, you know, with that being said, you got a, a Republican House. But I think in general, this is one of those things where I could see a lot of people getting behind because it makes sense. You show me the price uh, so I know what I'm willing, what I, what I can pay and what I want to afford. Does government need to be involved? Uh, I mean... I think the market should really decide that ultimately, but I understand the the direction that they're going. Uh, I was shocked that I never heard a single word throughout the entire Hunter Hotel Conference about resort fees. Many times I wanted to raise my hand, but it was obviously an issue that none of them wanted to broach. I think it's important, but only for, I mean, primarily a hotel can charge anything and call it any kind of a fee so long as you're cool with it. But the problem has been all the lawsuits if they say the resort fee includes things that you can't use because of the ADA Act. So if it mm-hmm. says that you can, it includes um, access to the fitness center. Well, if I can't use a treadmill, why am I paying the resort fee? And those are the kind of lawsuits that have been lost. Yep. So I think what you'll see is that they actually shore up all of this information. It's still going to be the fee. It may have to be line item in your actual room night, you know, folio right there with your room service and things like that. But it's, I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah. Well, so that kind of brings us to the the next news item that we have. And this is from Hospitality Trends. This one actually mm-hmm. came out today, March 30th. And I thought tied really, really well into the, uh, the junk fees legislation. But the headline is U.S. Hotel Revenue Per Available Room or Revenue Per Available Room up this week to $102.98. And that's up 12% from 2019. And yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, oh, it's only up 12% in the last four years. That's kind of abysmal. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's because all the ADR increases is going into resort fees, you know, in, in other areas. Because, well, I don't know. I actually took a lot of notes about the changes in occupancy and ADR and RevPAR. And they, across the board, in just about every type of hotel category, March was a record year. I don't know if it was because it was warmer on the West Coast. If people wanted to get away from the um, atmospheric rivers of the West Coast, they wanted to come to the East Coast. They wanted to leave the extra feet of snow, record snow, and come to Florida or something like that. But March has been huge for travel. It it most definitely has. The one thing I was surprised about was the 12% increase over four years. I I feel that, at least looking at the destinations that we market for, that's very underreported in terms of the growth. I can't think of a single client that we have that has only seen 12% increase in ADR over four years. Coming out of COVID, I mean, there's people increasing ADR to stupid amounts, be 30, 40% increase 
year over year. Now that's pulled back, right? But it's still uh-huh. at least 20% higher than it was coming right out of COVID, in my opinion. Well, March, and we've talked about this before, it seemed like every conference or, or event that we could possibly attend this year in our industry was in March. If you'll remember pre-COVID, you, they don't have industry events in the summertime or in the dead of winter around the holidays. It's it's March and it's October. Without that group business, the entire month of March totaled up across the country still yeah, it's just not going to be the kind of increase that we see in resort hotels. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting, but uh, I mean, the good news is we're seeing an upward trajectory. I just wonder, looking at the two side by side, is you know, are our hoteliers going in the direction of let's add some resort fees and ancillary fees in lieu of our ep- rate. rate? Yeah, well, because when you, when you mm. look at, it, especially when you look at on the on the OTA side. It's very hard from a, like I say, a meta search perspective, when a property is, has a $150 a night ADR, they're showing more mm-hmm. or less $150 a night. And then you have an OTA that's showing a fraction of that, but then they start adding all these things on top of it. The, you know, if it's a, a, a booking fee, if it's this fee, it's, it's your resort fees been broken out on their system that mm-hmm. I, I think if, if we come up with more price transparency would be very helpful for the customers. And assuming it's across the board and everybody's doing it, I think everybody would just kind of go along with that, that process. Perhaps I could see where you'd have rate parity issues. If you know, you're pushing a rate to the OTAs that doesn't show they're you'll pay an extra 45 bucks when you check in. Well, that, that's the point as well is you mm-hmm. may not necessarily have a rate parity issue, but from a consumer's perspective, it would appear as though. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so those are the news items we have for today. We could actually get the housekeeping now it's all done we can dive right into the to the topic which i'm pretty excited okay. about because leanne we uh you packed your bags you flew down to or actually you drove to atlanta and you uh-huh. took in the hunter hotel conference so so what is the hotel hunter hotel conference for for those of us not in the know in a nutshell i think that in one respect it's um pat yourselves on the back party for how well you did last year or um you know putting blame where the blame is due if you didn't so, do so well. It was more of a rah-rah party this year, but it's everyone walking around looking for money if you're a hotelier or looking to lend money if you're an investor. A lot of deals are being made throughout the entire conference. Interesting. So are they going into the the operations side or is it purely, here's some investors, here's what investors need to know, and here are the hotels that are looking to find some capitals when they need mm-hmm. investors for it. Um, it's like a state of the union for the hotel industry. I would say a lot more heavily weighted towards operations. I was looking to hear more about revenue management, um, digital marketing. Those kind of topics were um, interjected where they needed to say, oh, and don't forget you'll need money for this. Makes sense. Uh-huh. So you're, you're down there. I'm sure that you had a bunch of whining and dining and all kinds of fun stuff. What was that? What are some of the things that you took away from, from the show that we all can, can put to work as independent hoteliers? Well, like you teased at the start of the podcast, Pete, ordinarily they would be making lots of deals this time. Much of the talk was explanations for why they weren't making lots of deals. What do you mean by and that? And basically 
Wall Street was saying, and remember this happened, I was just there last week, which was just days after a couple of major banks crashed and a third international bank barely got away with not crashing. So they were saying, there's no money to lend. Sorry, unless you have a project that's already under development, we are not lending money for new hotels unless it just makes so much sense that we stupid not to for the next 12 to 18 months. That is, I guess, concerning if you're you're shopping for some funding right now. Yes. Is the reason purely because of uncertainty in the banking industry, or is there just other places that they're park? They say they want to park their money until uh, better deals come along. That's a great question, Pete. What I heard is the main reason. Um, there are lots of other reasons, but the main reason that Wall Street was giving was the bid ask spread is so far removed. Um, and what that means basically is what hotels, hoteliers think their hotel is worth, their asking price, just as if you were selling your home, is so much more than what the banks are willing to lend. And until that price, until that spread gets closer, they're just not going to lend it. So if you do want to borrow money, you may be getting 50 to 65% of the, the cost of the property. You got to come up with 35% or 40%. Of, of the entire cost of a $12 million property. And that's a low end property. So is that just- It's hard for, to find that money right now. Yeah. So is that really a concern for people who are just starting to break ground? What what happens in terms of, you know, my property is tied for a major overhaul. Is mm-hmm. is that money also tied up from, from the banker's perspective? Well, that was the other big uh, question and kind of looming fear with a lot of hoteliers and management companies that they would use the term over leveraged instead Mm. of distressed. But if you perhaps just borrowed money, a lot of folks in 2019, that was the year that they had to do the PIP, especially if they were a branded property. But for anyone that had been doing well, even independent properties, they may have invested a lot of what they had in 2019. It could have been on FF&E. Who knows for what reason? Labor was already getting a little more expensive. But if they had over leveraged themselves and went into the pandemic without extra money, um, you know, they were completely shut down for so long with no money coming in. Expenses still to pay. The the bank still wanted them to make their monthly payment on the loans. They've just gotten to the point where they're completely depleted. So if you now are in a situation where you have no money and now you need to do renovations we need to do some sort of improvements. Um, I've talked to a hotelier that needed a, a million dollars in elevator upgrades. Everything costs so much more. In fact, project costs for the typical hotel, it says they were, they're up anywhere from 25 to 37% over 2019. Yeah. And we've actually seen that with some of our clients also <laughs> yeah. where you, you secure funding and then as the project progresses, you start getting into a, a real situation where, like you said, if, you know, your, your elevator cost goes up by 20%, you got to have the elevators. So where else are you going to mm-hmm. cut? So really planning out and having a, a, a long-term, you know, plan for that development plan. is critical, obviously. Now, and see, that's, that's the whole point. They had long-term plans prior to, or in 2019 that just didn't hash out the way that they had planned. Um, mm-hmm. This year, a lot of hotels that were going into this year in a good spe- place found out that their uh, insurance may have gone up 100 to 200 percent on some beach resorts that is another area that is another area that we've seen 
specifically is, you know, building that price, that price in. Uh, mm-hmm. And that kind of goes to the taxes and fees. You know, a lot of times that's kind of absorbed there when we talk about the news side. But yeah, it's definitely, it's it's getting more expensive to be in the hotel business. That's mm-hmm. why I think ADR and pushing that up is incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, and, and Yes, we that not... was what they were preaching. Yeah, preaching and... to them all day, every day, raise rate. Yep. That's the most important thing. The entire industry has to do it as a whole. Yep. And you know, I think um, b- between you and me both, we're not necessarily the funding experts for the hotels. So we won't necessarily go into too much detail there because we don't want to give you information that is not the not the best. But what else did you take away from the, the conference that will help us? Right. Well, I will say if you do need money, and I'm sure some some of our hoteliers listening do, it is going to be the small and the regional banks that may still have money to lend because it's Wall Street. They they have their public companies, they have investors to answer to. So it's going to be your private companies and insurance agencies that may still have money to lend. A lot of the times it's going to be money with recourse. Mm-hmm. I had to do some research. Like you said, I'm not a banker. Um, and money with recourse is more than just putting up collateral. It's agreeing that if I don't pay you back the way that I said I would, they can take more than just your collateral. They'll they take your knees. Take anything. Yeah. So you got to be prepared for some terms that you may not. It may be better to go to a loan shark. I'll just put it that way. So that that's our <laughs> recommendation is, is to go to loan sharks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate that, but but know that that's uh, what you got to be thinking of is your alternative when you're getting deals you you can't refuse from a bank. But um, because of this, a lot of consolidation is expected to occur in the next 12 to 24 months. And I say 12 because it may not happen for the next few months, as they all predicted. And I'm talking government people and Wall Street people that we will be in a, a recession a soft recession, they like to term it, in Q3 2023. And that will be the make it or break it quarter when you start seeing hotels that are distressed, over leveraged, start selling. And not just that, management companies may decide, hey, the margins aren't there anymore. We're going to mm-hmm. go into some other business. So you're going to see more and more management groups consolidate. Right now, there's over 500 different hospitality management groups in just the United States, um, the bigger ones are going to be buying up the smaller ones. Yeah. You know, a lot of that reminds me of the the research project that we're wrapping up right now with the traveler sentiment study for 2023, where I think we may have mentioned this before on one of like the 60 seconds or something like that, but customers are bullish on their own personal finances. So we asked the question, mm-hmm. are you concerned with, the your economy your own personal spending and most people i think the vast majority said no they feel pretty comfortable with with the the amount of money that they have coming in what's going up what's going out they are concerned about right. rising prices but they are very very concerned about the economy in a whole to where i think it was over right. 50% said they were significantly or you know very worried about the direction the economy was going in but for themselves personally, they weren't too concerned. So that kind of leads into a little bit to to what we might right. be seeing. Uh, but well, that study's Wall not Street out quite has... yet. And it'll be coming out soon. I think it'll be probably hitting everybody within next month or so. We'll have that ready to rock and roll. Oh, I can't wait to see that because that's exactly what they were saying. Everything I've told you so far was what banks and hotels are facing. The problem is not lack of guests. In fact, I, I got a quote here for you from... Um, and a, a financier named Jim Petty at Western Alliance, he said, if hotels are performing better today than in 2019, we don't have a hotel problem. We have an interest rate problem. 
people still want to travel and they're willing to pay almost twice as much as they were willing to pay in 2019. So I think because of people, it's not revenge travel anymore. And they mentioned that a few times. It's just that everyone seems to be favoring experiences over buying things. Yeah. And travel. Hey, that, that's good news we, for us. We couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So to tie that back into the, uh, the leisure travel study that we're wrapping up, we asked the question, of in the past twelve months, how many vacations have you taken? Uh, you know, as with the family mm-hmm. or just leisure travel in general. And it's interesting. So if I look at the numbers for twenty twenty two, you only had, and I'm gonna pull this up here right here. Uh, about thirty percent of the people had only taken one vacation, and you had twenty six percent have taken two vacations, and you know a little more after that. This year in twenty twenty three, those numbers have really flip flopped to where you saw about 30% have taken at least two vacations in the past 12 months. And the people who have taken a lot of vacations has increased significantly. So I'm talking four or five vacations or more. In fact, there were several respondents who have taken 10 or more vacations in the past 12 months Uh from in 2023 compared to zero in 2022. Now, obviously COVID had a bigger impact in 2022, but we're definitely seeing where people want to get out then they really want to travel. And I'll be curious to see in the study what those people's definition of vacation was, because it was discussed a lot during the conference. They, they, they kind of shied away from the term leisure. That's old, that's passe now. But the fact that people are wanting to go for longer periods of time, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because even if they are back to work in the office. Most folks are only going back to work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are now the busiest nights for most hotels. And you have those four day weekends now. Um, So we answered that question in the study as well. Not necessarily for the data I just showed regarding how many vacations have you taken in the past 12 months, but we did ask in the past three years, have you traveled at least once for a vacation lasting five days or longer? Okay. This year you had 84% of the respondents say that, they had indeed traveled four or five or more days for a single vacation. Whereas in 2022, when we did that same study, it was only 78%. So you are seeing more people take the vacations. More but with time. that being said, we re- we worded this in the past three years. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a little bit of that remnant of the COVID data, which kind of messes everything up there. I think our definition of vacation is, is changing a little bit. And... Um, it's interesting that some of the folks that were from luxury hotels, like upscale, the finest of the finest luxury hotels, are putting desks back into the guest rooms. They had removed them from those luxury upscale suites because you're, you're on vacation. But people's definition of vacation has changed. Now, they said it's not going to be a six-foot desk. It's going to be a four-foot desk. Yeah, which is, which is all you need. Yeah. Two of truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a bunch of uh, USB ports and a small desk and I'm happy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good. So, so what else did you take away from, from this? I know we talked about the no money is coming for a while that uh, properties are struggling to, after the PIP and whatnot. And then we got people buying distressed hotels or, or that's where I guess next, right? Right. Well, and not everyone that was at the conference was there to buy or sell. You know, they were there to learn and share and those folks that weren't there to buy or sell, what do you think their top problem was that they came to solve? 
Uh, getting an Uber at a more affordable rate because it's been going up like crazy. <laughs> at Atlanta during the conference, you're right about that. But um, <laughs> it's it's labor. Yep. They're all there to share ideas on how to find people that will work. Um, and I think that what shocked me a lot about the some of the different management companies that were buying up hotels and other properties, not because they want to increase their portfolio or even make more money. It's the only way to get manpower. Um, one of my favorite conversations with, with was with Greg Rains of Rains Company. They recently bought um, HP Hotels. And he said that they did it. A, because they had some of their best employees in upper management that were moving to Texas. They needed a place for them to work in Texas. Mm -hmm. So they bought some hotels there. But also that in, in 2020, COVID, he said, decimated their starting line, their bench of up and coming um, high performers, their, their front office managers, their AGMs, their sales and catering managers, people that were going to move up to become the GMs or regional directors, sales, those kind of people, they're gone. They left the industry. That's so now the only way to find that talent quickly is to buy the companies that have the talent. That's really interesting. I know we've we've talked about it for years, how it's so hard to handle the you know, the entry-level staff that you need, the, the, the maintenance team, the housekeepers, security, mm -hmm. front desk staff, things like that. That's been a nightmare. But I guess it makes perfect sense that, you know, along with that goes more the executive level and operational level of staff as well. Right. And of course, they talked about, you know, how to get everybody paid, but it, it didn't even seem like it was an issue that is they've come to terms with the fact that it costs labor costs more. Line level has gone up 18 percent since 2019 and most uh, management pay has gone up 12 percent since 2019 on average across the country. It's it's a. Uh, helping those line level folks to work, work into their daily lives. Yeah. They said there are no longer. Seven to three, three to 11, 11 to seven. The, the typical hotel shifts don't exist anymore. Yeah. There's actually a software being developed to help them plug in when each employee can or cannot be there so that they can somehow get the entire day staffed. It, it's definitely difficult and there's not necessarily a right solution for it other than, you know, finding places to to automate where you can have more people or less people do do more work, but it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a problem across the entire industry and we'll kind of have to wait and kind of see what we can do to, to help with that. So what were the other things that you took away from the conference? Well, one thing is when we do get that little soft recession, they think that uh, unemployment will go from, where is it right now? About 3.6% or so. They expect it to go over 5% and hopefully they'll be able to get more line level employees to come back to work from hotels again um the other interesting thing while we're talking about hiring they've got new ai technology to help with hiring but not in the way you would think pete um the ai technology is being developed to help them predict who's most likely to quit oh tell me more about that that's pretty cool well it's not so that <laughs> my favorite part of this Story is that it's not so that they won't hire the people most likely to quit. It's it's so they'll know who they are so they can coddle them. Maybe they don't want to. I should. I used the term coddle. They did not use the term coddle. They used uh, you know mentor and kind of um, yeah shoulder them along. I I I I wish that I had somebody that really wanted to beg me to work every day when I was getting into the hotel industry, but 
now that's but th- there's a, I mean there's a there's a something to be said for that because people want to feel that they're they're important and that they're contributing mm-hmm. to to a greater cause and are you know involved in something that's exciting and you know, if you are you know higher level if you're working remote or you know the people that you're working for are remote and you're just punching a clock it's very easy to you know, lose heart in the mission that your your company is going for so I think that that's really cool that you're able to look at that and say, "Hey, this person's been, you know." I, I guess what is the AI looking at? I, I, it, I don't it's know awesome. how it could possibly I don't predict. I don't know if they're giving people personality tests. You've got to know a little something about them for a unless AI is watching your Facebook. Whew, that'd yeah, be awful. It could very well be that way. I'm not sure. Yeah, but um, you know, they said exactly what you just said. Younger people today don't work for money, which again is not a concept that I can wrap my head around, but they want to work for the greater good. They want to know that they're part of a cause. If they're getting into hotels, it might truly be because they want to serve people or it could be because they want to travel, in which case you've got to find out what their motivation is because it it might not be money anymore. So I I think they're still working for money. I mean, you know, as a, you know, people who are always always looking for additional staff for for our company. You know, we're in the process mm-hmm. of looking for content developers and you know, developers and all kinds of, of people like that. And their salaries are definitely on the upward trend. So I think the younger people definitely you know like like a lot of money. That's what I'm finding. Mm-hmm. But it, it's the you know other questions like you know what type of travels involved. You know what what other things are happening. Where those ancillary benefits. So. Yeah, I think beyond the line level workers, you really have to be flexible. Right. And, you know, Pete, for our listeners in particular, I've, I saved one observation that I wanted to maybe dig into a little bit deeper with you. I noticed that there were a lot of brands, particularly, you know, Marriott, Hilton, IHG, even Choice Hotels, that all see the they see the benefit of being an independent hotelier because the facts were across the board luxury independent hotels have made more money during the pandemic and up till today and probably will continue to do so than any other type of hotel period so they want to now have the uh, appearance of being an independent boutique property interesting so they're coming after you and your brand unfortunately it's true. I mean, look at uh, mm-hmm. BW Selects, the Best Western Select Properties. They're making a lot of pushes into expanding mm-hmm. their brand, it, where it's set up a lot less corporate websites aren't necessarily all cookie cutter, you know, IHG type websites. They're starting to to branch out and kind of create that feeling or experience of independent, which is a concern. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably something that would warrant a a podcast of itself of how do you how do you combat the independent uh, fakers out there. Yeah, that's something I think is another podcast for another day, because how do you differentiate yourself from other people that are copying you? Yep. That, that's tough. Well, the good news is if someone's copying you, that's because you've already done it and you're on to the next thing. Thanks. Yeah. You know, so as long as they keep yeah. you know, copying and they're a year or two behind, then I think we're all in good shape. But So it sounds like it was a good conference. Right? Do you, If you had to go again, would you attend? I think I would, but that, you, you know me, I just love research and 
numbers and information. And I took so many notes that we're lucky that we got this down to a few bullet points for you. <laughs> I was worried I, when you first put the notes in the, the show notes. I was like, oh, geez. Um, I will, because I, you know, there's certain things that I never thought about that help me to better understand our partners and clients. So the next question I had for you, so is if you were an independent hotel, you're sitting in your hotel, mm-hmm. would you attend the Hunter Hotel Conference? Um, oh, this is a tricky one because I would be afraid that once they found out that you're a great independent hotel, every brand is going to start courting you, you know, like you're Cinderella at the ball. That's If that's what you want, go to the ball. So even um, aside from that, was the information that was shared in the breakout sessions and whatnot, was it worth it for an independent hotelier who was not going to, you know, say yes to the prince and go to the ball? Would it still be worth yeah, it for him? I think that it's it would, it would be a place for you to find other like-minded individuals like yourself um, that can relate and maybe share some solutions to issues. If you have anything, and who doesn't? any kind of issues that you'd like to find the new and innovative solutions, it would be the place to go because all of the brains in the hotel industry are going to be there. Um, and, and who doesn't like that check just to find out, am I normal? So yeah. I think if that's the, you know, you want to make sure that you're on the same page with everyone else in your industry. Okay. If you know that, you know, your plan is going to call for you to need some money soon. I think that would be a good place to attend. Well, good stuff. Yeah, um, I'm very glad that you're able to attend and, and check it out. You know, for all the listeners out there who do want to attend the show, it's typically the last week or so of March each year. So, you know, this year it was March 21st to the 23rd, 2023. Uh-huh. Next year, somewhere, you know, March 20-ish is uh, 2024. So something to consider. You can definitely learn a lot about it if, if we'll probably be there again next year. So we can also... Kind of do the, the hard work for you, walk the floor, learn the stuff, and then pass it along to you in the podcast. I found the perfect solution for someone who wants to get into the hotel industry as an independent hotelier and not have to worry about all of the money and, and building issues. What, why didn't you lead with that? That sounds more important. Than no, because this this, you've got to wait till the end to find out the perfect, <laughs> the perfect hospitality property for your development is glamping resorts. They are. It's the big thing. I've already priced it out. You can yurts start anywhere from like four hundred dollars for 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 just a basic five person yurt, or up to twenty four thousand dollars for the most luxurious thirty foot Mongolian style yurt. You cannot build a hotel and get a room key for twenty four thousand dollars. So no, look no, into not, yurts. not a luxury Mongolian yurt. <laughs> That's how I judge all my vacations by. And it's an experience. <laughs> Everyone's traveling for experiences. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> all so. you need is a fire pit and some s'mores, and you are taking that to the bank, baby. In a Mongolian yurt, and you're set. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. It sounds like it was a – if you get a chance, check out the Hunter Hotel Conference. It's a definitely well worth it to sharpen up your investor skills for, for a hotelier. Uh, Leanne, if they want to learn a little bit more about you or if they have some questions they want to ask you offline, how would they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way that you can remember is just go to travelboommarketing.com and contact us. I look at all of those. Also on LinkedIn, and I'm very easy to find. It's a LinkedIn slash contact Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E. 
Perfect. Well, if you want to find me, you can find me on LinkedIn at Pete DeMayo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find us on LinkedIn as well for Travel Boom. We're at linkedin.com slash company slash Travel Boom. And if you just want to reach out to us directly and get the show notes, whatnot, just check out travelboommarketing.com and you'll have all the information you need there to become the best hotelier you can be. With that being said, Travel Boom is out. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Well, I have to go because I have a uh, a chaperone meeting. A what meeting? A chaperone. Is that how you say it? Chaperone meeting? Chaperone? Sh- say it again. Are you chaperoning them on a field trip? Yeah, I got to go to Orlando. I got to go to uh, Universal. Oh, you have to go to Universal. Poor Pete. Chaperone. <laughs>